Welcome to Parents' Rights Now, a production of Parents' Rights in Education, hosted by Suzanne Gallagher. We are committed to valuing students, empowering parents, and supporting communities to secure great educations for public school children in America. PRE welcomes all students, families, and community members who care about scholastic success for K-12 public school students. Visit our website, parentsrightsined.org, and like us on Facebook. Our chapters include Alaska, Arizona, Colorado, Idaho, Illinois, Maine, Montana, New York, Ohio, Oregon, Texas, Virginia, Washington State, Wisconsin, and something new, Australia. Join us by filling out the form on our website titled, Join Us. You will find information regarding issues and information about local and state chapters. Hey, everybody. It's great to be back with you. Today actually is Sunday, if you can believe that, the 18th of September. Just sent out a few emails pertaining to solicitation and recruitment of students, vulnerable students, I might add, by teachers, faculty, administrators, and counselors. And they're encouraging students to to get together with them, to come to them, to consider them to be a safe haven, a place where they can share their most intimate thoughts, uh, meeting with them one-on-one. I'd like to start this series with, with Christopher Rufo's article published on August 10th, titled Soldiers for the Gender Revolution. Radical gender theory has made sudden inroads in America's schools. Many parents have watched in confusion as their children repeat the movement's slogans and adopt synthetic sexual identities such as non-binary, pansexual, and genderqueer. The next question for many families is, where does this surge in left-wing sexual ideology come from? One answer from a network of professional activists who have smuggled university-style gender theory into more than 4,000 schools under the cover of Gender and Sexuality Clubs, or GSAs. And they call them other things as well. The main national organization behind this campaign, the GSA Network, is a professionally staffed nonprofit with a multi-million dollar annual budget. GSA Network serves as an umbrella organization for more than 4,000 gender and sexuality alliances across 40 states. Once called the Gay Straight Alliance Network, the group rebranded in 2016 reflecting a new focus on the limits of a binary gender system. The individual chapters, which operate in elementary, middle, and high schools, often use the language of LGBTQ inclusion and anti-bullying in their public relations. But behind the scenes, the central organization is driven by pure left-wing radicalism that extends far beyond 
sexuality. According to the organization's publicly accessible materials and administrative documents, the GSA network's ideology follows the basic framework of radical gender theory. White European men created an oppressive system based on capitalism, white supremacy, and heteronormativity. That is, the promotion of heterosexuality, the male-female binary, and bourgeois family norms. In order to fight back, racial and sexual minorities must unite under the banner of intersectionality and dismantle the interlocking systems of oppression. The GSA network isn't subtle about its political objectives. In a manifesto, the organization calls for abolition of the police, the abolition of borders and ICE, the payment of reparations to minorities, the decolonization of native lands, the end of global white supremacy, and the overthrow of the cisgender heterosexual patriarchy. The organization is also explicitly anti-capitalist in its literature. Its literature is littered with references to anti-capitalism, and during one board meeting, its leaders fantasized about what life would be like after capitalism fails. The specific practices of the GSA network and its affiliates rely on cult-like programming techniques. A toolkit instructs children recruited into the clubs to do the self-work of analyzing how their actions, lack of actions, or privileges contribute to the ongoing marginalization of the oppressed. After establishing a baseline of identity-based guilt, the children identify their position on the intersectional hierarchy and categorize themselves as part of groups with systemic power or privilege or groups with less or no systemic power or oppressed along the axis of race, gender, and national origin. Straight, white, Cisgender male citizens are deemed the ultimate oppressor. Gay, black, trans women immigrants are the ultimate oppressed. Now, I'm asking myself, and you probably are too right at this point, this sure sounds like critical race theory to me, or Black Lives Matter, or any other uh, Marxist ideologies, or pedagogies. Moving on. Next, children are encouraged to atone for their privileges and perform acts of penance, doing the self and collective work to analyze how we contribute to the oppression of trans, queer, non-binary, gender non-conforming, black, indigenous, youth of color is tough, but we must admit to dismantling these systems for collective liberation, the organization says. Specifically, the adults leading the clubs are instructed to tell the privileged children that they must implement the use of pronouns, offer a land acknowledgement, listen to the trans community, center conversations around black liberation, and use your privilege and your physical and monetary resources 
to support trans, queer, non-binary, gender non-conforming, Black, Indigenous people of color, issues, businesses, and projects. All this activity, the group believes, is best kept secret from parents. The GSA Network tells the adult club advisors that they should keep a child's involvement in the club confidential. Know the laws in your state around students' privacy rights and what you do and don't have to tell parents, guardians, or families, the organization says in its official handbook. When calling youth, it may not be safe to mention GSA club or other trans or queer reference. Alternatively, club leaders say they are from a student leadership program. In many school districts, teachers not only can encourage a child's participation in a gender and sexuality club without notifying parents, but can also facilitate a child's gender or sexual transition, including the adoption of a new name and set pronouns, with the default policy requiring teachers to keep it a secret from that child's family. This strategy of the gender and sexuality clubs is deeply cynical. As independent journalists Colin Wright and Christina Buttons have documented, many teachers who serve as adult advisors to these clubs are intentionally concealing the sexual and political nature of their activities from parents, deliberately misleading families with vague language about acceptance, tolerance, diversity, and identity. This might work in the short term, but in the long term, they are playing with fire. School districts that allow adult employees to discuss sexuality with children secretly are creating a dangerous system that could easily be exploited by child predators. Clinical psychologists are already raising the alarm, warning that some of these practices resemble the tactics of such predators. One solution for this problem is total transparency and the restoration of parental authority. Schools should adopt policies that parents must be notified about their children's participation in curricular and extracurricular activities involving sex, gender, and sexuality, with the default being that parents are required to opt in. Oh, I love that, Christopher Rufo. Thank you. After five years now, someone is writing about and agreeing with our opt-in policy. Excuse me. (laughs) Continuing on explicitly to any such programs, obviously. Furthermore, as Governor Ron DeSantis has done in Florida, state legislatures should ban all instruction on sex, gender, and sexuality in at least kindergarten through third grade. And we say, how about fourth grade? Beyond that, schools should be required to post all training and teaching materials on their websites so that parents can easily review all curriculum and documentation associated with gender and sexuality programs. Yes, absolutely. We agree. Parents should not be fooled. This isn't about tolerance and inclusion. It's about adult activists using the goodwill surrounding gay and lesbian movements as cover for advancing extreme left-wing ideologies and turning children into shock troops for their gender revolution. 
It's manipulative, it's abusive, and it must be stopped. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Christopher Rufo. Not only that, there's more. There is more. So on September 11th, we came out with a story about a program sponsored by the National Education Association LGBTQ Caucus. Parents in Hilliard, Ohio, are ready for a showdown. Badges worn by some teachers aimed at reaching out to LGBTQ plus students are under fire. Some parents say the badges may steer their kids in the wrong direction, exposing them to sexually explicit material inappropriate for children. Teachers are permitted to wear the badge that says, I'm here, safe person, safe space. Lisa Chafee, a Hilliard parent and director of the Ohio Parents' Rights in Education chapter, said she checked out the website and the content is nothing kids should be looking at. The badge has a QR code that once scanned takes you to a website that has extremely inappropriate information. And as a parent, that crosses the line. Chafee said their message is simple. Focus on academics. Our kids need to be prepared that when they graduate, they are able to complete compete in a world stage. Focusing on gender identity, sexuality is taking time away from the academics and it's putting teachers in a position to have to answer questions they are not capable of answering. These are questions for home. Similarly, we reported on some cards that are passed out that say, I am a safe person. So this is not a new campaign. Um, It's been... It's been done in the state of Oregon for a while. The National Education Association sponsors the NEA LGBTQ plus caucus um, focus on reaching as many students as possible with their outstretched hands. And according to their website description, the caucus was founded in the 1980s by a handful of NEA members seeking to provide a means of professional support for gay and lesbian colleagues. The organization works to provide educators, education support professionals, and students with safe schools free of anti-LGBTQ plus bias and intolerance, and to provide sound education programs for all students. So teachers can go online um, and they can uh, order their badge, I think it's $2, and wear it and be officially identified in the school setting as being available for discussions, one-on-one discussions privately with students, other people's minor children. And we take great exception to this, as you might, as you might understand. And I will be taking this up next time. Thanks for listening to our series Solicitation and Recruitment of Minors by Adult Staff in K-12 Public Schools. This is Parents' Rights Now. Please check your show notes for links pertinent to this podcast. Please consider 
making a monthly contribution to parents' rights in education. We need your help. We have big plans in mind. And because of a very generous one-time contribution of $25,000, we are challenging our listeners and our readers, all of our supporters, to match that. Gives $12 a month. If there were only 500 of you, that would tally up to $6,000 a month, almost tripling the $25,000 check we just received in one year. If a thousand supporters gave $12 a month and we could reach our goal in two months, be part of that club. We call it the 12 by 12 club. A link to our website is in the show notes or go to parentsrightsined.org. See you soon.